freedom is yours No need to ask why Put up your feet Give it a try Self permission. Give yourself permission. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Jen's Gems with me, Marvin Schneider, and the mistress of Jen's, which of course is Jen, because that's why we call them <laughs> Jen's Gems. Yeah, but I'm not a mistress, I'm married, so I'm a madam, right? <laughs> mistress, madam, yeah, sure. Okay. The Madam of Gems or the Mrs. <laughs> of Gems. And it was, hello, babies. I hello, um, babies. got to sneak. I had to sneak out of the bedroom while the puppies were still sleeping because it's too cold to put them outside. Yeah. And so we get to record this. It's great. Yeah, so it's really early in the morning. The sun is just rising and it's an absolutely gorgeous day and we're just starting to come into spring. So... This could so be a this gets, could be a dog park day, babies. It is a dog park. It, it is a dog park day. Absolutely. The only thing is, like, um, Maisie after her having her little operation, she's like kind of like like it's only like three days out, and she's darting around like like a little bullet on legs and stuff, and she's supposed to be taking it easy. So. Yeah. Well, I don't think Maisie got the memo. <laughs> she's quite. <laughs> She's just so happy to be over the pain. Yep. Hey, um, really important topic today, but before we get into it, can I just do a quick promo? Absolutely. So we do our regular Friday night lives, uh, 7 p.m. New York time, where we, um, you know, people do people are watching on a live stream and we invite people one at a time to interact with us on a Zoom call and get a sort of a, a small, a private, little little private time with Jen. Um, now, the important thing is that um, your friend, Kind Bud, who was putting, um, using some of your poems as lyrics to a whole bunch of musics, is releasing his brand new CD featuring a whole bunch of songs that oh. are, uh, yeah, all of the songs. There's 12 or 13 tracks on the 14. CD. 14. There you go. You need, I should have checked all the facts. But anyway. Um, no, it's okay. That is being launched on the 1st of September, but as a preview, he is doing a Facebook live stream. I think it is um, 6.20 p.m. Friday night New York time or Eastern time, right? So, like Should I look it up? Uh, if you can very quickly. Um, I, But it's a Facebook it's a Facebook live stream, not a YouTube live stream, as far as I can tell. And we do ours at 7 p.m. as a YouTube live stream. So do you have the the details? I'm trying, babies. You know how slow I am on the computer. It's like... <laughs> Waiting oh, wait, with bait breath. Have you have it? <laughs> you have it? Babies, this is so sad. Um, let me just look at mine. Let me just quickly just pause the recording while you do that, and then we'll start the recording again. Hang on. 
Okay, so we found the details. So uh, the reason why this is a little bit confusing is because it's a live stream on Facebook and I know nothing about Facebook. But the thing is that if you're on Facebook and you um, search search for, what is it, Bud Johnson? Somebody's calling me. God. Okay. So... Um, so how do they find it? So in Facebook, if you've got Facebook, in the search bar, search for, what is it, Bud Johnson? Mm-hmm. Yep, and you'll get to his page, and there's a link to a um, something CD release party. Or if they're friends with me on um, Facebook. I don't like to promote Facebook these days, though, so that's the thing. Well, me neither. But So, so here's the thing that we uh, decided we were going to do. So it is at 4.20 p.m. New York time Friday. Our events are at 7 p.m. New York time Friday, right? So what we're going to do is we're going to set up a new uh, live stream on the Genuine Healing YouTube page, which is going to just feed through from Facebook to our live stream, right? So if you want to join it from 4.20 p.m. New York time, come on to the Genuine Healing uh, YouTube channel and you can... uh, Hopefully the technology will work and we'll do the live stream. How's that? Yeah, that's better than setting them to. I can't guarantee that the technology will work, but we'll give it a jolly good shake. Okay. So that's <laughs> that. Babies, as long as your shake is jolly good, then I trust you. All right. Um, so last night off camera, we were um, in the middle of the night having a conversation about a really important set of topics. I can't remember what the inspiration was, but the topic was uh, in relation to some new insights that you want to share with people around Judgment Day and the Lords of Karma. Well, actually, the inspiration is the work I do in private sessions because the information I get through tapping into people's people's um, angst and concerns is this cutting edge. I mean, I'm getting stuff that you can't find out there. You, even if you dusted off all the truth books in any mystery school, you could not find what we're finding here in people's own Akashic records. And they're they're um, gracious enough to let me share the information to blow the lid off of all the things that have been keeping people trapped in the conditioning of the 3D world. So this is really exciting stuff, babies. And it is. It is. Pay attention, peoples. Um, and so the thing is that um, we're kind of, well, not we, uh, you. No, you're part of it because you make me safe to do this part. And um, Okay, but my point you is. Me, you keep me sane, so that's a big, because it's a small, it's a big ask. Babies. It's a big deal. So the point is that you're blowing the lid off a lot of um misinformation or half-truths or things that might have been useful at some point in uh, human human evolution, in spiritual understanding, but which no longer serves us. And so, so um, this topic in relation to Judgment Day and the Lords of Karma is one of those. So it might actually shock a lot of people watching this but that's okay that's because that's I'm gonna really lose important. the thought i'm gonna lose it because it's like i'm holding it in an energy and stuff and i'll lose it if i can't get to it babies that's all then i suggest you get to it then babies okay baby 
Um, I, I don't mean to interrupt you, babies. I like listening to you talk, but but um, see, I lost it. <laughs> no, no. I mean, it's like this this huge scourge of information, and I have to like grab it, and it's like waiting for you. I'm not used to waiting for anybody to like spew it out. Judgment day. So if you're just starting out on a spiritual, <laughs> it's like jump rope. You got to wait till the jump rope comes around and then jump over it. Babies. Come on, don't lose it again. Okay. Um, so if you're just starting out from, from thinking that um, this is a one life scenario, the thought of karma and the lords of karma and, and judgment, well, people who are starting out know about Judgment Day, right? And they're threatened by Judgment Day. You know, you either well, they're to heaven scared or... of it. Let's put it that way. Right. But when you've been on the path a little bit longer, you learn about karma, and then and the whole concept that people don't understand about karma, it's it's just folded into the fear of of sinning. So the, the whole thing about karma is like people have been conditioned to be afraid of sin, right? Because of the consequences. They're like, they're awful. But now they're using the, the um, same thing as the um, concept of karma. Like, oh, you don't, don't misbehave because karma is going to come and smash you against the rocks, right? And a lot of people used that and I was in this path that used that they said oh you're gonna if you leave this path you're gonna take on all this karma and more and you know you're gonna be screwed for lifetimes but what's coming through now with um these clients that I'm um dealing with who are awakening is that the whole concept of standing before the lords of karma and judgment day the whole process is corrupt. And so um, some this is happening to like a few of my clients now. They come to me and they're so devastated by something that's happened by an establishment. And they feel like so weird and they feel like they're going crazy because they don't have a voice. And they're terrified of going and finishing this life and having to go up against the Lords of Karma and not not doing what they're supposed to do but what's coming through is the lords of karma they themselves are in a hierarchy and they themselves are corrupt anything of the lower worlds of the physical astral causal mental etheric worlds is corrupted so that it's it's a power game and how do you know this besides, you know, taking my word for it, the people who are the most awakened, the most aware, have had the shittiest lifetimes. They've just had hits after hits after hits after hits after hits. And you know what's happening? The Lords of Karma are trying to, like, take them out and reprimand them to prevent them from awakening. That's the real job of the Lords of Karma, is to prevent them from escaping the illusion of the lower worlds 
Well, and Thank to you. keep them in, entrapped in perpetual reincarnation, presume. Absolutely. Presume. That's that's the lower worlds, because in the higher worlds, you don't need to reincarnate. So the cool thing about what we're doing is we're teaching people um, actually at the beginning set of realizing they don't have to incarnate again, and they don't have to cross over if they don't want to. The whole key to spirituality is doing what the adepts have done, is keep your physical body and stay stay spiritually aware so you don't have to um, um, buy into to aging, degeneration, death. And um, yeah, so in the fifth dimension, the opposite's true. It goes from the law of the land isn't like entropy, like de degeneration. It's like if you leave things alone, they tend to regenerate. So yeah. what people are taught to do in in um, in the lower worlds to survive is to do everything they can to fix everything, right? And in the five D world, that that destroys everything. The more you try to do, the more you break it up. So the way to um, function in the higher worlds is to do nothing. He's confused because this wasn't part of what we talked about last night. So he's well, like, I mean, I'm just thinking that um, the conversation that we had last night off camera was just way more, you know, dynamic and expansive than, and it's I always know. like that. Every time we try and express it on camera, it just doesn't come out as profound. Please. So can I just ask you some questions? Please. We need cameras and and microphones in our bed. That's all there is to it. Yeah. Um, a lot of people will find that a little bit icky, but anyway. Um, <laughs> okay. Um, so let me ask. Okay. Oh, can I, just preface this, can I just preference this with one thing? What's that, babies? In my lifetime as Madame Blavatsky, I spent my whole lifetime going around the world and looking, looking for truth and yep. religions and so what about that? What, what do you want to say I about that? It. I finished the thought and energy, but you want words all the time. Well, baby, we are recording like... a Jen's gem, which is a audio <laughs> okay, verbal communication method. <laughs> all right, babies. Well, you're supposed to fill in the gaps. So if I dedicated my lifetime and I, I made some heads, um, you know, some headway in finding truth for people, but there was always that glass ceiling. And that's what you find in theosophy, that glass ceiling of how do you get from the higher realms to the lower realms, from the lower realms to the higher realms. Okay. Um, kind of a, a little bit lost, but um, let me see if I can... Hey recreate some of the really powerful insights that we had off camera okay so you're saying that uh the concept of karma and people's understanding of karma particularly in the spiritual world is uh, a little bit skewed and then mm -hmm. it makes spiritual people afraid of the consequences of karma and that mm -hmm. they have to come up against the lords of karma when they when they cross over and for a well, lot of people, and for a lot of people, that's a you know a fairly frightening experience or a prospect. 
So the engrams of sin is like either you're going to go to a fiery hell and, and be destroyed and be afraid of that hell um, is the consequences if you sin. So what they've done is fold over those engrams, those Akashic record memories of that fear of hell and instilled it in the fear of karma. And you see people using it out there who are supposed to be aware and they say, well, your karma is going to get you. And they use it as really punishing and stuff. And and it's not. It's not the case. Um, everything that's, that's done for the individual for awakening, when it's done from, from higher truth, it's done with compassion. It's not done to, like, torture you in, in fear. Okay. So um, if I can get back to the line of thinking that I was trying to play out, right? So... Uh, yes, I get the idea that at least in sort of mainstream Christian dogma, the idea of sin and hell, you know, um, you know, exists, and and that scares the bejesus out of a lot of people to try and get them to comply, you know, into the norms of right. So we get that within the spiritual community, the sort of evolution of that thinking is the idea of karma, and that you know, um, um, you know, you always have to atone for your karma. Mm -hmm which is just a subtle variant of the idea of sin. And right. then you... So... <laughs> and then... Come on, on you talk, because we're, 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 we're cutting across... You know why? Topic. It's such an important topic. I actually got a butt call. I have one friend who calls me <laughs> in the whole world, and I got a butt call during this recording. That's how important this is. It's trying to distract us from it. Okay. So you were about to make a point. I forgot it. Okay, so can I continue on my point? Mm. Right. Oh, I remembered. <laughs> oh, <fuck. laughs> so Babies. just like the Babies, this is going to be the funniest bloody gens gem in history. Okay, come on, make your point. Babies, I forgot it again. <laughs> oh, come on, please. <laughs> so just like, just like, just, oh, it's, never mind, go on. <laughs> All right. So can I continue on my point then? Yes, babies. It's a point. Thank you. Thank you. Um, all right. Um, so for a lot of people that are, um, you know, in, you know, in the awakening and some, you know, in the mid-level of their spiritual kind of experience, they really resonate with with the topic of karma and, you know, the consequences of it. And so they're kind of a little bit confused about it. So what you're saying here might be quite shocking to a lot of those people. And that's fine because our role is to shock them out of, you know, the things that are holding them um, into the lower worlds. Okay. So the point that I wanted to make, here we go, is that people through many of their incarnated lives have done many things and that was all, and that creates engrams and those engrams do play on people, correct? Because you spend a lot of time with your clients, helping them, remove engrams and transcend those things so that that they no longer influence their current life right right so can you talk to the idea the topic of engrams which is a neutral thing you know right mm -hmm. and karma which seems to have some kind of a a an intent the, the idea of karma and atoning for karma which seems to have some kind of non-neutral intent on it by the time you get done with the question, I forget 
what the answer is, baby. Um, so, so, so people do things. It does create engrams. Those engrams okay, so, are okay, real. Got it. Got it. Okay. So the engrams, engrams are actually um, stored in our DNA, stored in our akashic records and stuff. And the engrams are the images I see when I'm doing a session with people. And the key is to take out the painful engrams and to, because I don't see the good engrams. I don't see the good stuff. And I don't think there's when everything's wonderful, I don't think there's engrams. So for me, right. one of the spiritual upgrades is to get rid of all of your engrams. Get rid of your Akashic body. So why would you need it if you're in the higher realms? You don't need the record of all the bad. So what people are doing right now is to keep, keep writing about their problems. They keep talking about their problems as if in their soul body, they're afraid they'll forget them. And they're pulling those into higher consciousness. And so, and so the engrams I've been seeing in my private sessions are people going up against the Lords of Karma and they're awakening. And they're awakening so close to getting the whole picture of like, wow, I don't have to do this. I don't have to be in front of you guys. I don't have to do this. This is not... This is just part of the conditioning is being here in front of you guys. You're so close that what happens is um, the fear. So when they when they're just about to awaken and figure it all out, they come up against this Lords of Karma, which they agreed to do out of out of ignorance of not knowing that they don't have to, and ascribed by the um, dictates of the sentencing, which is a real hard sentencing. Like like for for someone who's awakening, like us, we've had like really hard lifetimes. Is that just I thought it was just formula because you need a real hard lifetime to transcend. Not so. The formula is when you go in front of the Lords of Karma. By the way, anyone who calls himself Lords or anything that's a hierarchy is corrupt. And so when you go in front of the Lords of Karma, they can see that you're awakening and they want to hit you. Um, they want to close down your energy to where you're going to find truth. And they know how to do it. They know how to sentence you to the right thing. So I'll have a client who's like really passionate about this, or really passionate about that. And then they'll be betrayed by the um, environment that they're passionate about. Um, like um they'll be so someone's living their purpose right and they're doing great with their purpose say they're in the perfect job for them and it's like wow they're really helping people and people are getting empowered but then the lords of karma will see that and then and then hit them with that where where the company betrays them the people around them betray them um with myself i was really loyal to family i loved family so much and every single one of them was mean to me and everything and, and worked against me. And it sounds paranoid and stuff, but that's the story out there because those who shine the brightest don't fit into their structures. All right. So, um, you, so you can either see it two ways. You can see it like you're outgrowing the structure, which is what we, what we believe. But there's another it factor where... The Lords of Karma are actually making it hard to 
to outgrow the, those families. Right. So, so instead of naturally transcending, say, family, a job, uh, a culture, the Lords of Karma will make it where every part of those shame you and hit you to make you choose not to transcend and to awaken. It's fear. Fear closes your energy. Love yeah. opens it. Okay, so what we were talking about last night. I'm sorry, I'm trying. No, no, it's um, it's very hard to pull up that conversation and recreate it. Um, trust me, it was way, way more impactful when we're kind of just toing and froing off camera. Um, all right. So look, so 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 what's what's the upshot here? Is I think to the extent that the that the idea of karma. Um, sorry, I, I do want to continue to explore things a little bit. Yeah, um, sure. So in the spiritual kind of thinking, you know, six, seven decades ago, right, you know, um, the idea of karma was a you know, was an interesting idea that sort of fitted in with the, you know, reincarnation theme, you know, very well. Um, and, and to be honest, it was an upgrade to sin and hell, all right? So, so let's just acknowledge that. Um, um, and I think what you're saying now is that now we are where we are in the sort of 5D ascension process, that even the idea of karma as being a, you know, con controlling mechanism no longer serves us. So we need to sort of think beyond being a victim of karma, but recognize that you do have human experiences through all of your lifetimes um, and those human experiences are valuable. Right. But um, there, there's something to be, this is a statement that I got um, along the way. And it was yeah. about an avatar. And it says, he's in the world, but not of it. Mm -hmm. And that, if you just contemplate that, and I think like us, we're in the world, but not of it. So we don't get caught up in all the dramas and the groups and the entanglement of our energy. So what what was happening with the SFT tapping that we teach? Oh, by the way, and we have a book in case nobody's seen it. The SFT tapping is what it does is it's a um, is a workbook for life, and what it's teaching you to do through the tapping is take the empowerment of your 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 latitude and longitude and energy right here in this time and space, this altar of the moment. And taking all the energy that you have ascribed to the Akashic Records over here to this lifetime and this lifetime over here, and you've divvied it all up and all these, in the lower worlds, all these timelines are like scattering your energy. So what you're doing with the task is you're collecting all your energy from all those old timelines. And then you don't need a record of where your energy is through the Akashic Records. It's like a receipt. Once once you are done with the receipt and don't need it anymore for recording, you can get rid of it. So once you collect all your energy from a certain experience, you don't need the Akashic Records anymore. Those Akashic Records are just holding a space for where your energy is so you can find it now. And that's what we're doing. You don't need to go back into all those past lifetimes and relive them. All you need to do is pull up the receipt of where your energy is. And that's what pain is. And that's what things that 
take you out of the moment by doing. And once you find something that takes you out of the moment, you do the task. I take back all my, we take back all our energy from that experience. And then it makes you more whole in the present. And that's what an adept is. That's what an avatar is. Someone who okay. doesn't have all these peripheral timelines and all of their energy is in this latitude and longitude. So, um, and you've said this many times before, but the um, the real short answer to, you know, ascension, enlightenment, various other things is transcending the ego. And the way to do that is to um, outflow and, you know, um, basically serve, right? Right. So, so basically everything that you're doing, your purpose in life, um, is to be of service to the broader collective humanity. And you, so you need to find, every individual needs to find uh, their mode and method of service. And well, those that. I've, sorry, I'm going to lose it. Come on, um, keep, keep going. Okay, so so every, this is what I'm getting, see, I'm getting downloads in the moment. So so what they're telling me right now is every every structure on earth for basically every religion or whatever was supposed to have one caveat on it um, to give people an out. Love. Love take, love, power takes, love gives. So if you can't remember all this stuff and all these allegories and stuff, just figure out how to love in the moment. And it sounds even so trite that people don't even know how to do that. Yeah, no. But another way to Another way to think of it is regret is a precipice of hell. Mm -hmm. Regret is, is a precipice to doing it over again. If you can convert all that energy of regret into gratitude somehow. Right. And then convert that. And then it's a love that gratitude opens up your energy and the regret closes it. But it's all so, about the energy. Yeah. Um, um. So let me just see if let me play this with you and see if it resonates, right? So the the thing that I'm attracted to on the service thing is that it gives you an action item, right? So find out how in your purpose you can serve the collective. And it could even be the collective beyond the human collective, right? So so there's that. But then I want to bring gratitude in there, and, and that is that. In doing that, which is an altruistic, non-self-interest, right? Um, it's it's you're putting your energy out there without an expectation. You you are detached from what comes back to you. But the gratitude is knowing that that's where I want to bring gratitude in. Is in doing it, regardless of what comes back to you, you're just you know eternally grateful for the opportunity to be of service. And I, for right. me, that that's the real big upgrade. And this is where I want uh, business leaders to go. Right? Uh, they need to, you know. Ha and, and I'm going to do a couple of podcast episodes uh, on my own YouTube channel on this topic shortly. Um, so it's service and gratitude. And yes, I had to write down my thought. Yes, so. The key is to doing is to outflow. Um, it's and your point is the the dance between service and being grateful for it, because people can sit back and just be grateful. Oh, and they can take and take and take and be entitled and say, "Well, I'm grateful to be the billionaire asshole. I'm very grateful." 
doesn't work that way. Or you get the other um, polarity is people, these givers yeah. who just give everything, the caretakers who just bruise and beat their bodies down because they're given so much. Well, they're yeah. doing it in male energy too. They have to figure out how to receive at the same time. So it's like a, this, this mechanism of giving and gratitude is a breathing right. mechanism of energy. Right. I think and those are the optimal energy. words, giving and gratitude. Um, yeah. um, one one um, technique to do that is people say, well, I can, I can, I can do all I want for these people and they, they don't appreciate it. Well, no, they're not going to appreciate it. You're not doing it for appreciation. And a trick around it is like you're never doing it for an individual. You're never doing it for a group. You're doing it for the collective. You're doing it for the whole. You're doing it for source. Okay. Your audio just changed. And and, and I, I kind I of suspect that you, I kind of suspect you knocked the cable out of your microphone. Um, it's still there, baby. It's so a there you wiggly. go. That's better. Okay. So don't touch okay. your microphone now. All right. Good. I try not to, babies. All it's right, just babies. hanging out there. All right, come on. We're recording a Jen's Gems. Um, okay, so um, see, I was going to say something that was really important as well. Um, so when what? you're outflowing, so so when you're serving in gratitude, then um, that is the that is the most important thing you can do in the moment. And so when you do that, it's what I'm trying to get at, I'm, I'm trying to formulate the words here, but, you know, for people that are worried about atoning for, you know, um, past karma, you know, possibly one of the best ways to kind of get beyond that is just to say, screw all of that. The most, the highest value and the most important thing that I can do right here, right now is to serve the collective in gratitude. And then, then karma is just irrelevant. It's just a Right. And you know why <laughs> it's so important? Your audio has changed again, but keep going. Get get the thought out. Okay. Hi, babies. All I right. mean, this is, this is cutting edge stuff, babies. And we keep like, um, hang on. I hit it. When you're doing in gratitude, mm -hmm. that is the sacred altar of the moment. Mm -hmm. And when you can do that perpetually, mm -hmm. that is you cutting through time and space because time and space is illusion. You're folding time and space and you're being the avatar that you are capable of being in that moment. So doing in gratitude is being your higher self, omniscient, omnipotent, omnipresent. Doing that perpetually is the goal of of enlightenment. Okay, so so I th I think the, the the summation of this episode is um, you know screw the lords of karma um, you know don't kind of buy into that um, and you know certainly not in any fear based way and you, the best thing that you can or do all right because by the way who nominated them to be a lord of karma come on yeah. <laughs> Can can we take care of things for people right now? Let's sure. just do a tap. <clears throat> and then if people don't feel comfortable doing this on their own by just saying, 
Because what's going to happen if you say, screw the load of karma, people's minds are going to kick in, their ego's going to kick in, and they're going to start threatening themselves and saying, oh, now you've done it now. Here, we'll do it. And this is this is the cutting edge of what we do. People know, people see results with what I do. This is me being a badass in energy and saying, saying they have no, they have no hold over you and just holding the portal open. So I'm going to give you a tap to say with everyone listening. <laughs> we immediately transcend the lords of karma in all moments. We immediately transcend the lords of karma in all moments. We immediately transcend the lords of karma in all moments. We immediately transcend the lords of karma in all moments. We immediately transcend the lords of karma in all moments. We immediately transcend the lords of karma in all moments. <laughs> one more, because this one goes along with it. We yeah. immediately transcend the day, the angel of death in all moments. We immediately transcend the angel of death in all moments. We immediately transcend the angel of death in all moments. We immediately transcend the angel of death in all moments. We immediately transcend the angel of death in all moments. We immediately transcend the angel of death in all moments. So the angel of death was created like when people started to awaken and and come a little bit out of primal mode and crossing over wasn't so scary to them. So then when the brimstone and all that was added to keep people from awakening, so was this ominous evil being. By the way, he's not that scary. He's kind of it's kind of a cool guy and stuff, and he serves humanity in a way, and he's tired too. So, um, how about one more? We afford the angel of death the ability to retire. retire in, in <laughs> we afford the angel of death the ability to retire in all moments. We afford <laughs> the angel of death the ability to retire in all moments. We afford the angel of death the ability to retire in all moments. We afford the angel of death the ability to retire in all moments. We afford the angel of death the ability to retire in all moments. By the way, some of the people doing this tap are going to feel like this waterfall of energy coming off their chest and opening up the front of their bodies. And it's going to feel like pouring down and stuff. And what doing that for the angel of death has done is shifted them in fear of this dude to feeling his gratitude. So we've shifted him out of like doing out of habit to being grateful that people would help him. So, so, um, or it or whatever. And so we've shifted dynamics at a very different level of consciousness. Yeah. We're going to do a whole Jen's gems on the process of dying and being dying and leaving your astral body. That's going to be a pretty important episode as well so we'll, we'll, yeah, we'll put that one up in the next you, couple of days i hate to tell you but that one's got um more than just the astral body it's yeah. it's like when people check out in one of their bodies and it's it's dead somewhere yep all right so that's going to be a pretty cutting edge episode as well we're getting really sort of edgy in these episodes you know we're really putting out truth that might sort of challenge some people but it's important that we do that because hey if we're not going to do it who else is going to do it you know what i mean no, there's no one I... else out there that i know of 
that is challenging conventional wisdom, even in the spiritual realms than what you're doing. And the thing that's happening now is everybody, mm -hmm. every man and his dog is waking up and yeah. they're putting out these statements about yeah. awakening. And sometimes they're not true. Sometimes yeah. they're just things that someone from 2000 years ago said, and it was true 2000 years ago. So, well, so it's well, it, it, it might've been relevant or helpful 2000 years ago. It doesn't necessarily mean it was true in the full literal sense. It was just right. that it was an upgrade. And I think that's right. that's actually a good way to think about, you know, what we're doing is we're kind of upgrading spiritual understanding, or you are in particular. It, well, you are too, babies. Um, did I, did I tell you when I first came back from enlightenment and I thought I was a, um, I thought I was a retarded boy and I was operating yeah. in this world at that level. Yeah. I I got on Twitter and and the adepts wanted me on Twitter to like start outflowing. And I noticed that every and that day Twitter wasn't corrupt. It was like really a, a plethora of consciousness and stuff. And everybody was quoting other people and it was just so it was so trite. Yeah. As far as what I had just experienced in enlightenment and everything, it was just like, why don't why don't anybody come up with original quotes like to explain how things have upgraded? Yeah. There was nothing. So yeah. that's how I I realized how um, limited the um, the field is for new new awarenesses. And if you can upgrade a, a cell phone every three to six months because it's obsolete. Imagine how obsolete the things you've learned in the spiritual realms are. That's what we're dealing with here. So three to six month upgrade cycle is pretty aggressive upgrade cycle, but I know what you mean. Okay. In America, that's normal. No way. You serious? Yeah. Um, there's one thought that I'd like to offer. <clears throat> um, some people... Um, in the awakened and awakening spiritual community have this these really cathartic uh, experiences, and some of them are fairly traumatic uh, near-death experiences, life-changing experiences, um, you know, whatever, that kind of really then shapes them for, you know, a long time. And, you know, that's how, you know. So the thought that I had just perhaps in closing and get you to comment on this as well is it would be a... It would be unfortunate if those people um, sheet home that experience as being, oh, you know, this is the karma that I had to bear. And I personally don't believe that. What I right. what I personally believe, or another way of saying this, choose to believe, because everyone's got the choice to believe, is that um, the universe afforded you the opportunity to have that experience to knock you, <laughs> knock you out of complacency and knock you on the path and some people need a pretty tough knock right right and that's one way that we've always looked at it before but this this other vantage point is adds more flavor to the experience because i i have people come to me when they're not getting relief anywhere else and they they need their holy shit moment so they come to me for that and this is me delivering it as i figure out What's holding them back spiritually, you know, physically, astrally, cosmically, mentally, etherically, spiritually. And people who have a hard um, axe to grind, they may want to look at what they're really grinding about 
and who it's it's targeted to and it's not them at all it's it's the whole system the whole lords of karma it's up at at the highest echelon is that the right word mm -hmm. so so i i I talk about my family and how they hate me and everything. If you met my family, if you met every single family member, you would see their stuff, but you would see that each one of them is a good person. They're trying in their own way and stuff. They're not nasty people. They've just been nasty to me. That's why it's so awful because everyone else thinks they're wonderful. So it's that kind of thing. So you have to challenge these things that you know. And when you come across starting to feel like paranoid, like everyone's out to get you, no, everyone's not out to get you. Just the lawyers of karma are trying to prevent you from awakening, perhaps. It's just another explanation. Good. Thanks for that. Babies, it's funny because some people listening will understand what you're saying and some people who are listening will understand what I say. I'd like to meet the people that understand what both of us are saying. <laughs> That could be a rare person. <laughs> or a very important person because they can bridge the gap between the physical world and um, predominantly operating in energy. Yeah. Pretty cool well, if you can do both. I'm working on well, it. Babies, I think you do pretty good, babies. I do okay um, uh, generally, but... Um, Let's just say on a scale of one to 10, you're operating at 10 and I'd say I'm operating at three, four. No, babies, that's a judgment. You're operating in um, a different vibration on purpose, but you're the one. Yeah. But yeah, you're just staying in your lane for now. Yeah. Which has like, been very helpful babies, for the things you see that how I'm doing. I, right. And you see how each one of us is dedicated to our lane because you can see how the the way sometimes you just shake your head and say, I don't know how you functioned in this world without, <laughs> you can see it, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so I know how you functioned. I'm, I'm hanging on to dear life because you helped me function more normally in this lifetime. So thank you. Yeah. All right. Thanks for that. Um, so <clears throat> interesting topic, important topic. Um, we might sort of play some of these ideas, just continue the conversation on some of these ideas because they're kind of really important. One well, thought that I had is I wonder if we should do a group tapping session on, um, you know, transcending the Lords of Karma and, you know, we could judgment. Um, it might yeah. help a lot of people. What do you reckon? Yeah. Um, we could do if they... If people want it, they could comment and and if you know, yeah, I can see that. We haven't done a um a group tapping session for a little while, you know, those kind of group tapping sessions that we do to sort of uplift well, all of humanity. I know, but we do them in the five D forum and anyone's welcome. We to, do. You know, we do. Be yeah. a part of those if they want to commit to yep. those. All right. And the other thing is if you're up to it 4 20 p.m friday new york time um tune into the live uh, sorry the kind bud live stream we'll put our um we'll, we'll channel it on we're going to try and do it we'll work out the technology so yeah get into tune okay, with that so, so if you're listening to that and um integrity's blueprint and homage to the foliage 
are my two favorite. So okay, I, I've got a number of favorites, <laughs> which is a bit of an oxymoron. Um, I know, but, and the homage to the foliage, we played at our wedding and Integrity's Blueprint. We yeah. played both of those at our wedding. Um, I think Kind Bud did a great job um, putting to music um, the intention of your poems, and then, yeah, it's pretty mm -hmm. cool. It just spilled right out for him. He was so excited. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Bobs. Thanks, Thanks to the listeners. Please like, share, subscribe, comment. Um, Hit the notify button, the bell button, so you can get notified when a new episode comes up. Um, yeah, stay tuned. Stay tuned, Thanks, everyone. people. Stay frosty. Stay frosty. And tune into the Friday Night Live, Friday Night Live, seven PM New York time, and Kind Buds as well. Before that, bye for now. Bye for now.